Before we start the program, I want to introduce you to an event that's coming up this August. The Loma Linda Institute of Worship is offering a worship leadership certificate to help leaders and pastors take their congregation's worship experience to the next level. This August 9-12 through 12 event will include presenters Randy Roberts, Adriana Pereira, Nicholas Zork, Wayne Buckner, Richard Hickam, and more, and provide the opportunity to perform on stage with Steve Green and the Heritage Singers. Come sing, pray, write new music, share testimonies and resources, and grow together with like-minded worship leaders from across the world. Go to LLIW.net to register. Welcome to the Loma Linda University Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by the message. Advent season. Christmas. Peace on earth. Right? From four different news sources of Christmas's past, four incidents. First, when her Jensen Beach, Florida apartment complex held a Christmas lights competition, Donna Simmons Groover was a winner briefly. One of her neighbors, incensed at losing the contest, ripped part of Donna's winning display down. Peace on earth. And although most people don't know what to do with their tree once the celebration is over, a woman in Victoria, British Columbia, had an idea. She was arrested for beating a man with her Christmas tree. The incident was sparked when the man grumbled that the load of gifts in his arms was heavier than the tree she was carrying. Peace on earth. 20-year-old Brandy Nicole Nason was also less than pleased with the gifts she received. When her former mother-in-law's house burned, Nason was accused of throwing the Molotov cocktail that started the $200,000 blaze. Peace on earth. And finally, in San Rafael, California, two men exchanged gifts and were offended by what the other gave. In the resulting fight, each man hit the other over the head with a flower pot. Both were hospitalized. Peace on earth. After all, that was the angel chorus, was it not? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. We have been working our way through the five prayers of Advent, prayers that the church over many centuries has prayed and sung. They have become, become known by the Latin words that are right near the beginning of each prayer. So we've been trying to not only understand the prayer, but also summarize it as succinctly as possible. The first prayer, the fiat mihi, was that moment when the angel gave God's will you question to Mary. And the one word summary we found was yes. The second prayer, the magnificat, was Mary as she began to really realize, as it began to sink in what she would be, what she had been asked to do. The magnificat, the one word summary is me. And then last week, the benedictus. Zachariah's prayer, Zachariah's song almost, as he ponders the future of his child and the, and the child for whom his child will prepare the way. It is taking place. And our one word summary was 
Finally. Finally. And now we come to the fourth prayer. Gloria in excelsis. The fourth prayer of Advent. Glory to God in the highest. The story is told in Luke's Gospel, the second chapter. It is certainly one of the most familiar stories of the Bible and without question, probably the most familiar story of the Advent Christmas season. We read it in Luke's Gospel. We join in process. The hillsides outside of Bethlehem, it's night. The shepherds are watching their sheep. And that's where we join the scene in Luke. Verse 8 of chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. It's a simple story, the contours of which are easy to follow. Night, the hillsides outside of Bethlehem, the bleeding of sheep, the low hum of conversation, the embers of the fire, men falling asleep lightly and waking up, humdrum as they talk, life never changes. And suddenly, wham! They are awash in light. The heavens have grown brilliant. There's a translucent angel delivering message, a message they can't quite take in. A baby has been born. And then an angel choir joins behind in a song that is a prayer or a prayer that is a song. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And then it fades to black. Shepherds with Jaws agape, eyes still being shielded by their hands. Silence. And finally, did you see that? Was it just me? No. We all saw it. Stunned conversation. And then, well, let's go to Bethlehem. And see. Do you wonder what they spoke of on the way? I've wondered what their conversation was on the way. I've wondered even more specifically if they lingered on that last phrase peace to those on whom his favor rests. I don't know if they asked. I, I would have been tempted to ask who is that? Does that mean all, all those people who are above us, the religious elite, the political elite, the landed gentry, is that those on whom his favor rests? Is it those around us? Could it possibly include us? On whom does his favor rest? 
There is no way the shepherds could have known it at that moment. But there will come a day when a doctor named Luke with a quill pen will scratch onto parchment a gospel that will become known as the gospel of Luke about which scholars in the ages to come will say this gospel more than any other opens the door to all into the kingdom of God. In this gospel, his favor rests on the world. All who feel cold from alienation and rejection are invited to come to draw close to the fire of the warmth of God's love together. But they could not have known that that night. If one of them asked, on whom does his favor rest? Maybe another one of them said, well, you heard the first part of what he said. He said, good news of great joy to all the people, all. Surely that would include us. I don't know what they talked about on the way, but I do wonder. I'm almost certain they talked about the prayer, the song. Certainly they would have commented on its poetry, its symmetry, its parallelism. Highest and lowest and God and earth and glory and peace. A magnificent song, a profound prayer. It has two parts. One part, the first, is directed heavenward. The other part, the second, is directed earthward. If you are to pray, if you are to sing the first part, then the words of praise must fall from your lips. If you are to sing or pray the second part, the words of peace must fall from your lips. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. In the economy of God, he never meant them to be separated. Praise and peace go together. Worship and relationships go together. Highest heaven and lowest earth come together. That's the desire of God. We do well with that first part, do we not? Has your heart not burned with joy at what we have just experienced? The sublime heavenly nature of the music of worship. And we are drawn in and we feel our heart beat and we say, yes, Jesus, yes, please take this from my heart but through their lips and their gifts. We do well with that one. But what about that other one? Praise we can do. Peace. Peace. Peace on earth. Christmas, 2002. Manger Square. Church of the Nativity. Where tradition, and reasonably good tradition, says the birth took place. Manger Square, 200 Palestinians raced in and secreted themselves in the church of the nativity. 
The Israelis said there were many of them who were terrorists. In the long haul, that apparently proved to be true for a fair number, though maybe not for everyone. They raced into, they hid themselves in the church of the nativity because the Palestinians said, surely even the IDF, even the Israeli defense forces will not invade this sacred space. They were right. Some of you will remember watching it on the nightly news as the story unfolded day after day after day of tension and anger and rage and despair and death. Manger Square, Church of the Nativity, peace on earth. Newsweek magazine, in a piece at that time, wrote this. Inside the basilica of the Church of the Nativity, the stench of 150 unwashed human bodies mingled with the reek of fecal matter. The cans of lentils, chocolate bars, and Marlboro lights had run out days before, and the food stocks ransacked from the Franciscan compound were nearly gone. Weakened men boil soup made from leaves of lemon trees picked from the Greek Orthodox compound, gathered under the menacing sight of a remote-controlled sniper rifle bolted to the top of a crane at the edge of Manger Square. The test of wills. On one of the world's most sacred sites had the feeling of a slow war of attrition. During the siege, Israeli snipers killed eight people in and around the church, including a mentally retarded bell ringer and injured 22, among them an Armenian monk. An army spokesman claimed that all the dead except the bell ringer were terrorists. Trapped between the two antagonists were Christian clergymen, many of them Palestinian, who had given refuge to the gunmen and now found themselves obliged to suffer along with them. As the siege dragged on, it seemed to capture the essence of the midi struggle, a prolonged, seemingly indissoluble dispute between two stubborn and deeply distrustful enemies. Even the on-again, off-again negotiation over the terms of the release conducted through intermediaries ranging from the Vatican to the CIA spoke volumes of the larger inability of the two sides to settle their differences without foreign pressure and help. Over 39 days inside the church, snipers killed, monks pleaded, militants abased a sacred sanctuary, soldiers vandalized, politicians threatened and cajoled, and everyone made a claim to righteousness. After nearly 40 days of warfare, negotiation, brinkmanship, and capitulation, most survived. But some said, we will fight another day. Peace on earth. Church of the Nativity. March 2019, some of us from this community were there. We visited that place in a time of tension and strife. We were going to Manger Square, going to the Church of the Nativity, and we're told to be careful. 
Our Palestinian tour guides assured us we will be okay. What is happening is in another part of Bethlehem, but we will be watchful. And so we arrived and descended the steps into the bowels of the basilica. And there on that ground floor, we stood surrounded by candlelight looking at that silver star, the center of which tradition says was the birthplace. Checking with our Palestinian tour guide. Are we good? All is safe. Peace on earth. We do well with praise. In just a few moments, we will all stand together as the strains of the hallelujah chorus are lifted. And our hearts will be lifted in adoration because our Lord God omnipotent reigneth. But then we will leave this place. We will go out those doors and go back to our homes, our neighborhoods, our places of business, our dorm rooms, back to our marriages, to our families, to our parents, to our children, to our colleagues, to our neighbors at whom we feel so angry. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, it's so easy to point over there, around the planet, Half a world away has nothing to do with us. And then we realize if there's peace in our worlds, in our homes, our lives, our marriages, it's up to us. So what is the word? If we were to say, surely there must be a succinct way of summarizing the Gloria in excelsis. Could there be just a one-word way, just one word that would capture the essence of what it's trying to say? I want to suggest one to you. In fact, wouldn't it be accurate to say that the Gloria in excelsis that speaks of highest heaven and lowest earth, that speaks of God and humanity, of praise and of peace. Wouldn't it be fair to say that the one-word summary is together? Together. That the entire plan of God is to bring every disparate, alienated Part together. Heaven and earth together. Praise and peace together. God and humanity together. Liberal and conservative together. Black and white together. 
male and female together, blue-collar and white-collar together, parents and children together, every nation, kindred, tongue, and people together. Is that not the Gloria in excelsis? Together? And yet the truth is very simple. In your world, in my world, there's one way that happens. Just one. Once we have sung the praise and the worship of God, then we leave this place realizing it will take one I'm sorry, one apology, one email, one text, one you're forgiven, just one at a time in our lives. That's the way together the work is done. That's the way God and humanity come together. And so we will stand, and we will worship, and we will praise God, glory to God in the highest. But then, the question is, will we leave this place to go out and allow that baby to bring us together? Find more podcasts, videos, church events, and how you can support the Loma Linda University Church at LLUC.org.